cocktail videos, I think that's the honestly probably the ones that I like to do the most because it's just more fun and it's quick. It's not something you know, I can spend 15, 20 minutes between shooting, editing, and posting. It's like the natural, more organic looking the content is, the more views it gets or the, the more traction it gets, which is awesome. Welcome to the Diageo Bar Academy podcast, Bar Chat. This is your host, Tristan Stevenson. Today, I'm speaking with Caitlin Stewart and Lucas Assis. Caitlin is a return guest to the podcast, so you may already know her as a Canadian bar consultant, um, being the winner of World Class 2017. Lucas is also a content creator like Caitlin and works between Mexico and Los Angeles, not to mention the virtual world, delivering education on agave spirits. On this episode, we talk about how Caitlin and Lucas develop their channels, how platforms differ from one another, and the different opportunities they offer. We delve into the content creation side of things, best practices, and explore some of the best drinks creators out there at the moment. Finally, Caitlin and Lucas give us their thoughts on what's next for social media in the bar world. Hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, I'm here with Caitlin Stewart and Lucas Assis. Welcome, guys. What's up, buddy? Thank you. How you doing? Right, before we get into this, we're going to do quick fires. Uh, which means I'm going to fire questions at you one at a time, starting with you, Caitlin, and then you, Lucas. And the idea is one word answers as snappy as possible, whatever comes into your head, and just roll with that. Okay. So starting with you, Caitlin, do you ever post inspirational quotes on social media? Can't say that I do. Okay, Lucas, daiquiri or whiskey sour? Uh, daiquiri. Caitlin, how many pull-ups can you do in a row? <laughs> Zero. <laughs> <laughs> Lucas, hotel bar or dive bar? Uh, hotel bar. Mm, posh. Um, Caitlin, do you like the Bronx cocktail? Uh, sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, Lucas, name a cocktail that starts with the letter P. Um, Pisco Sour. All right, I'll do. Uh, Caitlin, if Tupac appeared before you right now, what's the first thing you would ask him? I would ask him to do the Humpty with me. <laughs> Lucas, what is your least favorite or least consumed spirit category? I have to say vodka. Mm, thought you might say that. Uh, Caitlin, do you Instagram your drinks? I think I'm going to know the answer. To that. I mean, yes, I guess so. I mean, yeah. I yep. <laughs> Lucas, would you rather lose all your hair or gain 50% more hair? Um, gain 50% more hair, I guess. <laughs> Thanks, guys, for indulging me on that. Um, I realize there's some strange questions in there, but it's good to know whether or not you, Lucas, would prefer to have 50% <laughs> more hair or none at all. Um, keep that one in my back pocket. Yeah, I can't lose the beard, you know. <laughs> um, and well, welcome to the podcast, both of you. Caitlin, welcome back. I think you are only the second person ever uh, to have the fortune or misfortune, depending on how you look at it, to reappear on this on this podcast. The other one... Weirdly, being another female uh, Canadian bartender, which is Lauren Moat, of course. Um, so, yeah, we're kind of typecasting the repeat guests at this point. But um, I'm happy because you're both awesome. There you go. Cool. And Lucas, welcome for the first time, hopefully not the last, um, all the way from Mexico. How are you doing? Good. I'm actually in L.A. today. Came back last night. Um, but thanks so much for oh, having me. Oh, you're in L.A. today. I Sorry. am. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but been a lot back and forth a lot. So sometimes I get confused too. <laughs> so, I mean, for people who are not aware of you and they're going to become more aware of you as this episode goes on, because we're talking a lot about um, your sort of social media presence as, as well as yours, Caitlin. Um, perhaps they might wonder how you um, managed to achieve a lifestyle where, which involves sort of back and forth between LA and Mexico. And I'm kind of wondering as well. Same here. I would like that. I, I would like that lifestyle <laughs> as well. So any tips and tricks you have, Lucas, let me know. How exactly did you make this happen? And I will be writing notes. <laughs> Honestly, it still feels surreal to me too. Uh, I think I just started talking about a category of spirit that was just booming in the U.S., um, you know, and it's a good time to talk about agave spirits. Uh, there's so many brands coming out and, uh, I started just sharing my, you know, my knowledge, but also my thoughts and feelings about the industry, where it's going, the importance of things that we need to pay attention to in the industry. And I also, you know, I, of course, helped the fact that my wife's family is from Mexico and, you know, my in-laws have always gone there. We've been going to Mexico pretty regularly, uh, you know, since we've met pretty much. And when I started talking about agave spirits and with the connection to Mexico and, you know, I'm in Michoacan in Mexico, which is, it's not very well known for mezcal, for people that are not like mezcal nerds, you know, uh, but if you're a mezcal nerd, like it's just this booming state as well that are so many different, uh, there's big brands that are there as well, but there's so much of that small mezcal little feel. Um, and I'm just being so fortunate to go and meet with both the big brands that are there and the small producers that are there as well and do work, you know, talking about the brands or the sustainability factor and all those things in the state of Michoacan too. Um, so yeah, so I don't know if I have tips or anything like that. It just, it is super surreal to us. And we've been going to Mexico, uh, you know, for the past year, uh, probably around, you know, every month or so. And we were like, you know, spending three weeks in Mexico and a week in LA but we're paying like LA prices on rent, you know, if we're being at home for like a week. So we just decided to like, let's give up our place for right now and uh, just back and forth. So when we're here, we're staying with my in-laws for a little bit. And then uh, most of the time we're in Mexico. So it's that back and forth. It's been really cool. But yeah, that's pretty much how it all happened. Nice. Oh, that doesn't sound so bad. So Caitlin, I mean, uh, you know, people should definitely listen back to our vodka episode that we did together because it was cool with Dennis uh, from Kettle One. But yeah. for those who haven't listened and for those who maybe have been living on another planet, could you give us a quick sort of um, uh, kind of uh, backdrop on your uh, life story, your bartending career and what you're up to these days? I know. I mean, I know we don't have a ton of time, so I'll try to keep it short, but... I think the first time that uh, Tristan and I met or crossed paths was actually tying it back to Mexico is when I competed in world class, the global finals in Mexico City. Um, so it was in Mexico. There wasn't you it? go. Yeah. Five years ago. Um, yeah. So I competed for uh, Canada at the global finals in Mexico City and I ended up winning. Um, so I was the world class bartender of the year for 2017. Um, so for the last five years, you know, pandemic aside, um, it was, it's kind of been my job to travel around. And as you know, Tristan, the world-class community is very big and vast around the world and getting to, you know, talk with other bartenders, do seminars, do tastings and, uh, have the, like the fortune to be able to like do pop-ups behind some of the, you know, the world's best bars and judge cocktail competitions. It's been amazing. So the last couple of years been doing it a lot through zoom and, uh, bringing it up bringing what I can do or what I can offer 
to the social media side of, of the world because I was missing that like human connection of being able to stand behind a bar and talk to my regulars and, you know, have some fun that way. Um, so yeah, I mean, I've been bartending for 17 years and it's been really fun to kind of see this weird flip of uh, how people are consuming content and how people are really getting into the world of spirits who aren't cocktail nerds, who aren't in the industry, who aren't a part of hospitality. And I think Lucas can probably speak on that too, where it's like the community, half the community that we have or followers that we have on our social media platforms are like everyday average people who are just genuinely curious in the craft of cocktails and the craft of spirit making and are now like, oh, okay, I like buying small brands or I like uh, supporting local or, you know, what have you. And now people are doing that with like their spirits and how they take in their cocktails. So yeah, that's me. I'm a bartender through and through and I love it and I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> when do you think that shift happened where it's sort of like, it started, I mean, social media has obviously been right on the rise for, for years now, but when was that sort of shift where consumers, like you say, everyday people, suddenly like wanted to have content from great mixologists or brands or whatever it might be when when did it happen and why did it happen i honestly think lockdown for sure um i know why i first i mean i i belong to this really niche community of craft cocktails like we think it's this it's very big and global but at the end of the day it's very small and niche and not everybody is aware mm. of the world of competitions the world of you know this craft cocktail craziness that we belong to, that we love so much. And I think like during lockdown, I had a lot of people reaching out to me like, oh, I really miss your margarita. I really miss your version of the old fashioned. Can you send me the recipe? Can you tell me how you make it? And so I was just offering up bits of information and I was like, hey, people are really curious and they're at home and they're, they can't get a good cocktail. I'm gonna start recording myself making them and putting, posting them up on social media and people started to really love that and kind of take it in. And I was doing that on, you know, Instagram on my everyday account. And I was like, well, the majority of people who follow me here already know how to make a daiquiri. They already know how to make an old fashioned. I don't need to preach to, you know, Ego Peroni how to make a cocktail. He knows how to make one. <laughs> and so I, I like started a subcategory and I started likable cocktails and I really focused on making it basic and, making the information accessible. And I think that's kind of what Lucas was doing with his knowledge on agave spirits and, and cocktails as well. So I think that shift at like the beginning of lockdown a couple of years ago, people were already consuming it, but now they were consuming it in a way that they were like a cooking show. They were watching it and then turning it into, oh, I can actually do this at home too. Not just like, oh, I want to go to that bar because that cocktail looked really good. It's like, oh, I'm going to try to make that cocktail now at home because I can't travel and I can't go to that bar. So I think the shift really was about two years ago, at least from what I see on the other side of things. You're nodding, Lucas. You kind of agree with that. Do you think your channels or, you know, have kind of taken off in, uh, over that period as well? Yeah, absolutely. And a lot of those things for me, like it's a similar path too. Uh, you know, right when the pandemic, everything's shut down in LA, my regulars started texting me, wanted to like check in and then also like, hey, we miss your cocktails. So my regular told me too, like, why don't you start making videos teaching us how to make these cocktails? And then that's kind of where it took off. And for sure, during the pandemic, people wanted new hobbies and, uh, making good cocktails was a hobby that you could do at home. And, um, and that's, I think that's why there was this like flux of content with, uh, craft bartenders, which is really cool to see. And, and what is it you think people, well, I mean, I guess people, different people have different needs, but for in your experiences and the people that follow you guys, what is it they're looking for? Are they looking for kind of like 
fundamentals, like the most basics, or are they looking for, I don't know, something which might give them an edge, um, like, you know, something maybe a little bit more advanced that they can impress friends with or whatever it might be that they're trying to do? I mean, I think, I mean, Lucas can probably uh, mirror this response where sometimes they'll put out really geeky videos of like making a milk punch or like any form of clarification technique, fat washing, thinking like, this is not going to get any hits. And then all of a sudden it blows up and you're like, oh, weird. There's all of these people at home. This video has like 2 million views and people are making uh, milk liqueur and clarified spirits and all this kind of stuff at home. I would have never have guessed that. So like, there's this weird like balance of like, I get a lot of requests for like, can you please just tell me how to open a shaker? It's always a mess. And then you have the other side where people are like, how do you how do you use a rotovap? And I'm like, I don't I don't have a rotovap at home, but you know, it's like this weird like in between. Um, and I don't think we give people enough credit for like, especially like the at home like cocktail enthusiast or at home bartender, um, that they actually will do some of these wild and crazy things, and they appreciate it, and they like when you're able to explain it in like layman's terms. <laughs> I get some of my bartender friends that are like, stop giving away our secrets, and I'm like. Hey, this just this will only help us in the long run because when they come to visit us at our bars or if they go out and have a cocktail and they can understand and read the menu, they're like have that much more appreciation for it. I don't know if Lucas, you agree. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think it's like one of the videos that I did for fat washing too. That I it was one of those videos that I just posted. It was like, let's see what this goes, and it blew up too. Uh, and I think it's because a lot of people don't uh, they don't even know what it is, so they see you putting, you know fat and whiskey and put it in a freezer it just looks weird so that generates uh uh content as well you know what i mean um and i think for me personally i get both sides too i get one of the people that i especially now my content style is like the history and the stories and stuff like that of cocktails or spirits or anything like that uh, but again i get all the the you know i feel like for the past year i've been talking a lot about like mezcal and getting a little bit geeky with it but every you know week, I get comments saying, "Hey, can you explain to me what mezcal is?" Uh, so then, like, trying to go back to the fundament- fundamentals of that as well. Uh, same with cocktails. So that's the thing with that balance that you got to pay uh, with the content. You can't just make one style. You got to do the geekiness, and then you got to do the things that are more uh, that everybody can do as well. Mm, nice. So, um, how do you kind of decide which channels you're going to use? Like. Because there's, there's so many options now with YouTube and then YouTube do like a mini version, which I guess is like a competitor of TikTok or Instagram reels. And then you've got Instagram with reels and stories and you've got Facebook and probably like other things like missing like Vimeo. I don't even know if that's still really a thing, <laughs> but probably not. Pinterest. Pinterest, yeah. 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 So how do, you, how do you work out what's the most appropriate platform for your content and obviously for finding your, your followers? When I started doing videos, I, I was first posting on YouTube and, or like IGTV when that was still a thing because reels weren't really around yet on Instagram. So I was like, okay, I will post on YouTube and I had a couple hundred subscribers. I'm like, this is great. Or like IGTV, but I found it was really, really difficult to get organic growth on Instagram. And I'm like, man, this is really, really difficult. And this is before kind of reels came along. Instagram is catching up and people like, I'm, I'm sure Tristan, if you like scroll through your like Instagram feed, every video is of every, like little boxes of video. There's hardly any still photos anymore. So Instagram has kind of shifted Mm. again into this like video platform. So now my reels are starting to pick up a little bit more on Instagram and, but TikTok is still 
fantastic, but there's less restrictions over on Instagram. So I can work with a brand. I can work with uh, other bartenders and do collaborations. Um, but you kind of have to go with what you, what's good for you and what's working for you. So if YouTube shorts are working for you or if Pinterest is working for you, or, you know, you kind of have to find like your niche and your audience and, um, go with that way. So yeah, it's this weird balance, this weird flip flop yeah. <laughs> going back and forth between yeah. social media accounts. For sure. <sighs> I had um, I had Jay Ben Troth on from um, a License to Distill, you know, pretty big uh, Instagram account. I think they do a bit of TikTok and they certainly do YouTube Shorts. And he was saying how video, basically, he was he was saying one of his tips for like getting lots of views or or you know interactions or whatever is to look at what the social network wants you to make. And um, he was like, Instagram, for example, at the moment, are really pushing towards video. Definitely. Um, and so, yeah, he was like, you know, if you want want content to be seen, stop posting stills, start posting videos, um, or at least make, you know, more of your content video that, than still and see how that goes. And I had a bit of personal experience with this recently. Um, I'm, I mean, I'm pretty bad at social media. I put up pictures of like my dog, um, my garden, and occasionally like me doing a run or possibly a, possibly a drink. Um, or something like that and um, you know it's a complete mess basically and um, it's not designed to be any anything other than that but I, I did recently did a uh, Instagram reel for like I think it's the third one I've ever done of something kind of benign not that interesting I won't tell you what it is but you can go on my Instagram and find out if you want I'm gonna go look, and, um, <laughs> go look right now and um it's like it's like evergreen content. Like it was weeks ago, I put it up, and still I'm getting likes. Still the views are just going up, 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 and not to the kind of numbers that you guys are talking about. But nevertheless, it's you put you put a static image up there, and it's, it's basically done within about half a day, you know. Um, but the, it seems with seems with video content on that network, um, it really pays to, to to create it in the first place. Yeah, it's so ebbs and flows, right? It's like we've seen. Like when Facebook was super, pop, super popular, now it's like, that's where my mom hangs out. <laughs> and it was like Instagram. And I'm like, that's where us millennials hang out because that's where we feel comfortable. We just got used to mm. Instagram stories. Now what? Um, but it's, yeah, it's that weird thing where you kind of have to keep up and stay like on top of it. And for myself, like I'm a, I know I'm 36 and I've been bartending for a long ass time. I'm like, I don't know, like, do I really need to be making these like basic how-to videos? Like, is this something that I, you know, really want to tap into? Do I need to tap into it? But now that I see that this content is like, especially video content is really kind of where it's at, especially on now that it's transferred over to Instagram. I'm like, I'm glad that I jumped on top of it when I did, because now I have a little bit of an edge up on everybody else who's now trying to scramble to get in there because they're like, still images are out. You know, like cocktail photography is amazing, but now it's cocktail videos. And so I'm like, whew, I'm glad that I jumped in there when I did, because now everybody's fighting for position with every single reel that I go through. And I'm like, hell yeah, I got that brand deal. Like that helped me pay my rent this month. Like, you know, and, and at the end of the day, I'm like, that's fantastic. If I can make a little extra scratch on the side by doing something that I love, then I'm not going to say no to that. It's like, I have this amazing bar world community. Now I have this amazing online bar world community. So it's kind of cool. Um, so in terms of like creating content, um, how, cause this is like, I feel like that's how long is a piece of string, right? You can go to extreme lengths to create, you know, with lighting and sound and like visual effects and, um, you know, research in the content itself. So where do you draw the line? How do you kind of almost budget for a video in terms of the time it's going to take you to do it and, and the effort? I would say 
on a review video, I can probably spend three hours on a, on a video, which I think is a lot. Um, but that's, again, what I like. And then cocktail videos, I think that's the honestly probably the ones that I like to do the most uh, because it's just more fun and it's quick. It's not something that you know, I can spend 15, 20 minutes between shooting, editing, and posting. Um, so yeah, for me, it depends on the style of content I'm doing. Yeah, I, I totally agree with Lucas. It's like the natural, more organic looking the content is the better it gets like or the better more views it gets or the you know the more traction it, it it gets and which is awesome for myself i use my phone i have like one light um sometimes i just open my fridge and see what i have available i'm like do i have citrus in my fridge today do i have ginger beer in my fridge today i don't know and so that's sometimes how i figure out what kind of video i'm gonna do unless i have like an idea where i'm like okay yeah i want to do that bacon fat washed bourbon I gotta go buy some bacon because I don't keep it in the house. So then I like take the effort to go and do it. But um, yeah, I mean, I could probably be better at like setting aside like one day to do a bunch of content so that I'm not just like frantically trying to find something to, <laughs> to film like day of. But when I do, like I'll, it'll take 20 minutes to like film something and then quickly edit it on my phone and like upload it. So it, it's once you kind of find your rhythm, it, it you can do it fairly quickly, but. But again, I'm like, I, yeah, got my phone. <laughs> I got my, my in shot that I, that I uh, edit all my stuff on and away I go. But I know I, I feel like I could probably step that up. Definitely. Is that, an, is that an app? Is it? Yeah, there's so many different apps. I mean, there's so many different, like really user-friendly ones. This is the one that I've kind of found that's really easy for me and I can navigate pretty quickly. I find like, especially for the cocktail, for cocktail videos though, I think, I mean, I'm sure people for like cooking videos have the same thing. It's like, it's just a little bit difficult because if you want to reshoot or like redo something or like change like your zoom, sometimes it's difficult to like do it fully just in the app. So I'll just like film the entire video and have seven minutes and then I'll condense that seven minutes into 30 seconds. <laughs> and it's just easier to do that on a secondary app. But yeah, I mean, Instagram reels or I even I was trying to making one last night for like my personal account and I was like oh this has gotten a lot easier okay good for you way to go Instagram <laughs> I think um it sounds like I'm mean, both neither of you are committing like ridiculous amounts of time to creating these videos like it's not a day's work and I guess that probably plays into the sustainability side of the whole thing as well because you're able to turn around a piece of content that's going to get maybe hundreds of thousands or millions of views over its lifetime in uh, you know an hour or two hours or whatever it is then that's you know that's good bang for your buck um well mind you a day's work for that kind of view would be good too but you have no guarantee of that of course <laughs> well that's the thing too though like it's it's not it's not my full-time job yeah on occasion if i have something sponsored like being in canada there's no creator fund so it doesn't matter how many views my videos get i don't make money off of them my video could get 20 million views and i make zero dollars off of it whereas somebody in the states if they get 20 million views maybe they'll make a couple hundred bucks i don't know what the creator fund is but i mean i like everything that i do comes out of pocket so the spirits that i use the citrus that i buy you know all that stuff is like my time that i that i spend on it it's definitely not my full-time job but i like said to myself i'm going to devote some time to this because eventually hopefully i can like you know get those sponsorships or get some of those sponsored posts i have people reach out and be like hey can do you want to review this or do that and like that helps so i'm like okay if i dedicate you know some time and space to this and my own resources, 
meanwhile, I'm still doing my other full-time, like I'm still consulting full-time. I'm still doing, you know, seminars online full-time and like all this other stuff. So for me, I'm like, okay, I'm doing this out of pocket (laughs) for the most part. Um, but it's something that I love to do and I don't mind doing it. So in the long Mm. run, I hopefully, hopefully it will be beneficial. I guess, Lucas, you can lead on this one if you like. I mean, it sounds like, I guess, both of you are kind of getting consultancy work um, or, you know, brand partnerships off the back of this kind of stuff. So whether, you, you know, even if it's not being monetized through the channel itself, through advertising or whatever, you know, clearly it's uh, contributing towards your, your, you know, your well-being. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but the, for me, uh, it, it has become a full-time job, you know, which is crazy. But I also went in like, it can be almost like a like a portfolio that I can show somebody because I wanted to go into the consulting side as well, and but it just started going to this this you know route that became my full time job. So that and again, I think for me it was just like this really good place to get the, the right place at the right time. Uh, talking about tequila and mezcal, with so many brands coming in and like good brands coming in, and that's why I knew that, that's why I was able to make this a full time job. Wasn't there just that article the other day where it said that Americans will be buying more mezcal this year than bourbon for like the first yeah. time ever? <laughs> I was like, yeah, damn, it's crazy, crazy wow. vodka and bourbon. Which so like at the beginning of the year they were saying that more mezcal than bourbon. Did yeah, you say? yeah, that's what they're saying. It might pass bourbon, which is insane. It's, uh, yeah, I, they were saying vodka in the beginning of the year and I was like, okay, I totally believe that. Uh, but when they said whiskey, like, I think it was like three days ago or something like that. Right. Uh, yeah, that's hard to believe. Recent. Crazy. All that celebrity tequila. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's mostly the celebrity tequila. <laughs> yeah. Um, so obviously you guys have got great channels and we will all be following them. Is there anyone that you guys follow in particular that you'd recommend or that inspires you um, in the, in the, in the alcohol world that is, um, not sort of like, I don't know, Jennifer Lopez or whatever. <laughs> I mean, she does inspire me. <laughs> Obviously, yeah. Uh, I would say I love Thirsty Whale, uh, Justin, and he's not, he's never barking in his life. He's one of those guys that just really liked craft cocktails and just started studying. So he read all the books, went to a bunch of bars, and he makes awesome content. And I talk to him all the time, like, dude, I feel like you know more than I do about these craft cocktail scenes. It's crazy, you know? And it's just like a, became a, from a hobby, became his his job as well. Um, and Cocktails by Hawk, I don't know if you guys know him, uh, Saeed, he's awesome. He's a friend. Uh, I love his content as well. Um, I love the badass bartender. I love her account. Louis Fern, he's a fellow Brazilian bartender uh, that has really good informational stuff. Yeah, I mean, I would definitely agree with all of those for sure. Um, You know, there's on the Instagram side of things, I've been following like Bad Birdie for a long time, who's like an LA based uh, bartender. Um, She's great, makes really great videos as well, very stylish. Even like over on the other side, there's like Whiskey Becky, which I think you probably know her, Tristan. Is it Becky Paskin? Yeah. So she like, you know, was doing some really amazing educational like videos on whiskey. And it's always nice to see like a, a, a woman talking about whiskey. <laughs> and she's been on this podcast talking about whiskey as well. There you go. Uh, you know, there's like Join Jewels and Drinks by Evie and like these people that have like really amazing following. But I, there's so many. And then there's like these really small accounts, too, that are still kind of like plugging away and, you know, just making really great quality videos and there's something for everybody so like you know you've got like the people that do like the little bit more advanced techniques and advanced kind of like all right you have to have 
maraschino liqueur and chartreuse and all this like you know fun liqueurs at home that maybe not the average at-home bartender has um, but then you have the ones who are like Difford's Guide uh, Australia I mean it's it's fantastic and I can't wait to link up uh, with them in Australia in September so maybe we can do some like crossover content um, but uh, yeah really Jane Jane Ryan so she's awesome I was gonna ask about crossover because it sounds like there's you know quite a community and you know you guys very easily just reel off all these all these other accounts that are great so is there you know is there uh collaborations and mashups and do, do is or is it more a case of just like you know everyone's sort of sharing each other's content um it doesn't sound like too wild west out there it sounds like everyone's kind of you know buddies yeah in la i think it is like it's a tight-knit community with the bartenders here too uh so i have done some stuff with cocktails by hawk um I actually, like, I'm trying to think. I haven't done, but I would love to do, like, some collaborations. And uh, even, like, it will be cool to do some videos with you, Caitlin. Uh, I know, like, somebody that's really good at the collaborations is uh, Wood Talk, Bar Chemistry. He's really good at, like, you know, just doing the collaborations. It's, like, usually surprises. So that's really cool to see. Uh, but, yeah, it's something that I need to work on, on doing some more collaborations on my videos on both my social media. It's interesting, too. I think, like... I don't know if, if Lucas, you find this as well, but like being somebody like myself, I've been bartending for 17 years and I'm on, I've definitely been on like the very cocktail heavy side, right? And I'm sure Tristan, you've seen this too. When you're like scrolling through Instagram, you see these people who are doing cocktail videos. And again, they've never bartended behind a bar in their life, but they have millions of followers <laughs> and they're teaching people how to make cocktails, which is fantastic. So if I'm at like an event or if I'm going being like, hey, I'm going to go down to Tales of the Cocktail or Bar Convent Berlin and some of these creators are like, I've never heard of these things before. But in like our cocktail world, these are very big major events, right? Or like, hey, I'm going to be down a world-class global finals in Australia. Maybe I'll run into, you know, one or two people that also have social media accounts. Um, but yeah, some, some of these creators are, you know, they're not in that side of the world of like cocktails. It's like, a, it's a different, it's a different side of cocktail making. So there's these kind of two juxtapositions of like the really into it and the like observer, like I'm into this and I'm teaching really great people how to do things, but I'm not, I, I don't, I don't know. It's it's hard to explain, but there's just these kind of two different worlds. It's like that professional uh, versus prosumer. I like that portmanteau, prosumer, yeah. right? Professional prosumer. consumer um, thing. And actually, what where you described it, there reminds me a lot of the way it was ten or fifteen years ago of blogging, right? Because you had some of the top blogs were not run by bartenders. They were run by people who just really liked going and drinking, and they knew their stuff. Yeah. But they were observing it all from the other side of the bar. And, um, you know, I guess their angle tends to be more like, well, what is this bar like? What kind of drinks do they make? As opposed to, here's how I make a, you know, quinine syrup or fat wash or whatever. And, um, you know, I think there's room for both, isn't there? Because I, I, I mean, I, I as, a, as a professional, although I don't work behind bar very much anymore, um, I like, you know, to, to sort of see someone's opinion who visits bars a lot and, and has, has that kind of take on it. I mean, one of the, um, it's not, not sort of social media as such, although they do do a podcast and they do do some social media stuff, it's magazine, but cocktail lovers we have here in the UK who were originally just bloggers and they'd go and visit. Yeah, Sandre. Yeah, exactly. And um, Garen, shout out to Garen Sandre. Um, they'd go and visit bars um, uh, and, you know, they wouldn't sort of announce themselves. They'd write a blog review thing and now they've got a magazine and sort of, well, effectively a, 
you know, growing um, media network <laughs> off the back of being really interested punters who like drinking cocktails. Yeah, it's this, it's this weird, and now you see more crossover, like you said, because the static post is kind of like starting to dissipate, right? So you see more of like the bartenders having to like, you know, put their content together and put their pages together or like bars, you know, it's like we just had 50 best North America, 50 best like international and, you know, being somebody who gets to like vote for some of those things if <laughs> when I'm traveling, um, it's fun now to see like those restaurants really pick up steam. And like, you know, I think uh, Handshake Bar, in uh, Mexico City did that really, really well. And they got themselves number two on the North American list because they were like really heavy on the social media and really heavy on like showing what they were doing behind the scenes and like, you know, making it very immersive for like the viewer. So I think that also is gonna like kind of pick up more steam too to be like, hey, this is what we do at our bar. If you can't come and visit us, we'll show you what you're missing to make you wanna come visit us. Um, so I think that's only going to pick up steam too on that aspect of the social media game. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like an interesting place to be for, for me and Caitlin. Not that I'm putting myself on the same level as Caitlin because I'm like, you know. Uh... You should. You should. <laughs> uh, but like, it's like we're both were bartenders uh, and then we're seeing these creators coming in that don't like we were talking about tales and like we have a little group text with a bunch of different creators and we're talking about tales and people are like, oh, what's tales? And it was that like, it was like a little moment that I was like, oh man, like it's a different world of bartending that we're kind of in the middle of that, right? Because we are creators as well, but we've been bartenders, so we know that side. And then there's these bartenders who don't know this, that side of the events and everything else. Uh, but it's cool because they're giving, you know, uh, they're making content and people are starting to learn about these things as well. And I think that's why with the Headshake Bar and their social media and how they were so quickly became one of the best bars around, I think social media will play a part in all of that as well. I was just going to say about the bar thing and handshake bar. Um, do you, so we talked a lot about obviously, you know, personal social media channels and creating the brand and everything. Do you think um, there's a different approach for bars as opposed to individuals? And you know, if so, what is that? Which you know, is it Instagram or is it Facebook or is it kind of region specific? I would say Instagram is usually like the biggest catalyst. I think still for especially for like bars and because they do work with a lot of brands. Um, and also they already have like a decent following. So at least there's that like, Hey, look, you post a picture of this beautiful cocktail and then it's like head to my reels to watch how it's made, you know? So maybe there's like a little bit of that, especially for, I would say like bars, but I'm not sure. And I don't know if this is just in the U S but if a, a social media platform has like, I think it's like 40% of their users are, uh, younger than 21 business can't have accounts. That's right. Like Buffalo Trace has a verified account, but they don't post anything. Like, uh, so I definitely would say that Instagram will be the. Though I don't know if Spirits Brand and bars are different, but that's the rule here now in the U.S. at least. All right, um, let's close this up. I want to f one final question for both of you. Let's let's go with you first, Lucas. Um, it's the same question though, uh, so feel free to uh, you know share it. Um, what do you think is next? Where do you see it going in the next year? Is it maybe like? a new style of content, um, you know, maybe video with more overlaid text, or is it like a new social network? Or do you see sort of new technology coming down from the social networks, which is going to kind of change the way in which we use them? I don't know, like, um, uh, you know, longer form, or um, I don't know, something to do with like collaborating with other people, you know, I, I'm just making stuff up. But what do you think is coming next? I think Instagram, uh, as great as it is, I think it is on its way out. 
eventually. I don't know if it's going to happen in a year, but I feel like in the next five years, Instagram will be what Facebook is now to us. Storytelling, uh, quick learning, and in the videos. Uh, I think that's the, the that's going to be the biggest platform. But I think YouTube is always going to stay there because people always like to have more of like the, the long term. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like you sit down and watch a 20 minute video on a thing that you like. Yeah, definitely. That's my you, prediction. Uh, YouTube is always going to be, you know, a massive platform. And I think now that they've introduced YouTube Shorts, it's uh, also like. Um, been very, very good for them. Um, I also think like things becoming interactive. So, I mean, I think a lot of people now are taking advantage of this whole like Amazon, having an Amazon storefront. So if you're like, you know, a creator or if you're like a bartender and somebody's like, Hey, where do you get your tools? Where do you do this? Where do you do that? You can create an Amazon storefront and you can, you know, click on the tools that I use, the syrups that I use, the, the, you know, aprons I buy or whatever. So I think that interactive side of things will pick up, but yeah, like Lucas said, I mean, I think the, the short form video is definitely here to stay. And, you know, we, we, we all are goldfish at this point, you know, it's like our attention span is like seven seconds. So if you don't hook somebody right at the beginning, then you've, you've kind of lost them. So trying to find that hook and try to find that, like your, your personal style is like super, super important on any of these platforms. Cool. Well, hopefully we've kept the attention of uh, a few listeners. Right. I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's one, I mean, podcasts are one of the few uh, forms of media where we do seem to be able to hold, they, they do seem to be able to hold our attention for, for hours at a time, potentially. Do you guys have any more tips for bartenders who want to improve their presence on social media, establish a channel, perhaps, or grow a following? Be authentic as possible. Um, you know, when you can actually show your true personality and what you're passionate about, uh, I think the, the viewers and the viewership really grasp onto that. And I think that's why Lucas has had much success and possibly why I've had much success too, as well on the platform, but being authentic and like not trying to like, you know, show off, but just show up really. I love that. Yeah. I think for me, it's the same too. It's, uh, be authentic to your style, what you like, and that will then translate into people like. When you're passionate about something and you're sharing your passion, it's always awesome to see people do that. You know what I mean? It's always intriguing and it generates, uh, like, you know, viewership. Uh, and then work with brands that you like, don't do things because you're just getting paid. I think that's an important thing. And yeah, tell stories. I think that's for me my, in my content. Uh, people love to hear stories. So I think those are the things that I would say. When we redo this podcast in a year, We'll all be sharing our stories of how amazing uh, creators we are and I'll have videos <laughs> doing like 20 million views or whatever. We did it. <laughs> you know, drop, drop your link down below. Give me a follow. Hit the plus sign. You know what all the cool kids say? <laughs> hit like and share. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so cringe, but hey, it works. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of the Diageo Bar Academy podcast, Bar Chat. Really hope you enjoyed it. It is our last episode of the season. So in the meantime, whilst waiting for the next season, why don't you go back over our past episodes? We have a ton of them now. Um, there's plenty to choose from and a whole diverse range of topics. Why not share it? Rate it or write a nice review. We will see you here next season. And thanks ever so much for listening.